0: Unpopular truth. Yay! We're back. Well, better than ever. We
1: always say we're back, <laughs> but then you get extremely busy and uh, we don't do another podcast yeah. for two weeks.
0: But hey, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. This one today's, is going to
1: be so good.
0: Today's going to be fire. I hope we have enough space on this SD card that we can fit it in. But I do too. We'll we'll see what we can do.
1: And I hope everybody just shares this. Send the podcast to somebody that you want to listen. Um, because it's going to be really, really good. This is probably one of my favorite topics every single January. Oh, yeah. I love Such a this. good one. Such a good one. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about Christian trends to end in 2023. Yes. So, so good. The very title just ticks me off because I really hate the fact that the church falls into trends just like the world does. Yeah. But we do. And so recognizing that, it just should make us, you know, kind of dig deeper and really look at trends that pop up to make Mm -hmm. sure that they are scriptural and and not traditions or just trends that are coming along. Basically for marketing purposes. Yeah. You know, all trends are are marketable. And we have to be reason.
0: We have to be careful with that because We know scripturally, nothing new. Nothing new under the sun sun, Mm -hmm. and God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Right. Anything new has to be tested. Exactly. And examined. Yeah, even
1: even repackaged. Yeah. We have to be super careful about (laughs) repackaging and kind of reinventing what's already there. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some stuff today that um, I hope you guys will just go to scripture. I hope it'll make you think, uh, maybe ask some questions of yourselves and maybe others around you. Maybe y'all can get it as some good um, conversation.
0: Oh, yeah. We love that. All right. So so where are we we starting?
1: What's our first Christian trend to end in 2023?
0: Let's start with my word for the year.
1: Okay. I, I just can't. I can't. So so usually around this time of year, I will do a social media kind of post talking about why I do not choose a word for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it this year because I just had a weird year yeah. and because I wanted to save it Um, To talk about this um, with you guys and with Ellis on the podcast. So if you don't know what we're talking about, let us just kind of explain. So picking a word for the year is something that Christian influencers um, have become pretty prolific at. (laughs) They, they, um, mostly it's female. Let me just say that if you are a guy, you might not know what I'm talking about because this is predominantly marketed, in my opinion, toward females. Yeah. So um, normally it's a female Christian influencer, and she will uh, make a social media post or do a podcast on the word that God has given her for the upcoming year.
0: Mm, so good. So
1: good. So <laughs> so here's, here's where I struggle with this. So um, years and years of me studying scripture and, you know, raising kids and doing the whole thing, I would see these posts and I would think, well, I- I'm reading my Bible and God's not giving me a word for the year. Yeah. So what, what am I doing wrong? That, that was always kind of my go-to thought. Mm-hmm. Well, what am I doing wrong that God's telling her a word for the year but he's not telling me and so as I studied scripture more and more I, I realized that that's not the case yeah so so here's the thing I was telling Ellis this the other day so um, in the winter of 2021 is that when it was mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with breast cancer so at the end of that year, And it just made me laugh because all that was when, you know, the women were coming on and they were saying that God had given them a word for the upcoming year. And, you know, my word for the upcoming year was, you know, pain. Yeah. Suffering, uh, discomfort, (laughs) just these horrible words that were coming into my mind because I knew what I was facing. Yeah in the upcoming year. And it made me laugh because I thought, should I do an Instagram post?
0: Here's my word. (laughs) Should I do
1: an IG post that God had given me the word for 2022 and it was pain. Yeah. Lots and lots of pain. So would I have gotten likes would people have been like, Hey, thumbs up. Awesome. (laughs) Like, so, so that's what, I want us to think about in terms of, is God giving you a word for the year? I'm not saying that he's not giving people a word for the year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if he's not giving you one, it's okay. Yeah. It's it's totally fine that, that you are not, quote unquote, hearing from God this word. Word as you enter into the new year. Now, I like um, to set an intention as the new year comes around. So normally my intentions are pretty much the same. Um, You know, find joy in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, You know, get into scripture a lot deeper, um, a lot more focused. And basically be christ-like yeah so those those might be words i guess but i like to think about it more intention because i think that that is speaking to cultivating the fruit of the spirit and becoming more christ-like in serving others and my attitude yeah toward others.
0: I think it's also important that like the three things that you said, right? Finding joy in all circumstances, being more Christ like and being more intentional in your study, right? Yes. All of those things have a basis of scripture. Right. Which picking one word for three hundred and sixty five days of a year and sometimes in my opinion it's not even like based off of scripture is, like, it's so dangerous as a quote-unquote Christian influencer Mm -hmm. to say, oh, like, my word for the year is going to be, like, happiness, right? Yeah. Or something that, like, we know scripturally, like, we don't need to pursue because it's either, one, not beneficial in the long run, or, two, it's, like, not taught to us from Christ or from Scripture. So, like... Picking a, a word, which most of the time seems extremely random, mm-hmm. can be very dangerous for that reason, right? Yes. It, we, it, t- it almost pulls us away from scripture Ooh. to give ourselves some form of fulfillment by being oh, able good. to post and say, this is my word, when that might be what we want our year to look like rather (laughs) than what God has planned planned for us yeah Yeah. so I think that's my biggest problem with it is that most of the time when I see these people post about these words or whatever like I've seen some where it's like it looks like a crossword and they're like you know the word you see is going to (laughs) be your word for 2023 or whatever and I'm like the word so it's so yeah so it's so like happenstance like what word am I going to see first or What word can I pick out that I like the most? Right. Yeah. So it's like things that put the control and the focus on ourselves and away from Scripture, rather than what our intention and our focus should be on for our entire lives.
1: And you would have to really unpack the word to to know the meaning. So, you know, some, I, you know, I'm thinking of one in particular, an influencer that her word was abundance.
0: Oh, that's dangerous.
1: So abundance can mean a lot of things and if you are a believer, you already
0: have abundance. are in abundance yeah.
1: in all aspects yeah. of your life because the Lord is our shepherd and I we shall not want, want for nothing. Yeah. So it's it's very like I said, it's just I just want y'all to think through it, and especially women. This is so highly marketed to women, right? Because it plays on our emotions. It plays on everything that we love. Yeah. You know, that God would tell me, you know, kind of what my year is going to look like, tell me what's coming, tell me what I'm going to focus on or what He's going to focus on with me. And so that's just, it's a girly. Yeah. Thing And so that bothers me, too, um, because I don't want us as women to be
0: sucked into that. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I, I'd rather us because, be... Because the way women are wired, you're going to yes. naturally be drawn. be drawn to that, which can lead to a multitude of different things yeah. because you're then exercising the, the flesh to go... Immediately to what is natural and desired by your Your flesh. Yeah, your flesh. So then it's just, it can just open the door to a multitude of different problems.
1: So normally when people ask me, because I have some people ask me about my word, Mm. I just tell them I don't do that. You just (laughs) say your word is Jesus. Well, they're normally very surprised (laughs) that God hasn't spoken to me. Yeah, in an auditory sense because because and of giving me a word. Be, yeah, because
0: <laughs> and I think that's because of how people like they view you, right? Yeah, you've you've taught for a long time. Right. you have a lot of scriptural knowledge. So when you come out and you say, "Oh, like God hasn't told me a word for this year," they're like, "Really? really? Mm-hmm. No? What? How is that possible?" Like, like I think most people in... Like, yeah. this fear that I'm in and this fear that you're in would view you as a person that, like, if somebody's getting a word, like, Carrie's getting a word. See,
1: and that's my other problem with this trend. It sets up a hierarchy yeah. that God is giving certain people information that and he is not, not giving, giving to others. others. Yeah. And we want to constantly dispel that. Yes. We, we want to run from that, and we want to correct it, and we want to say, that is not true. Yeah. G- God speaks to all his children. Yeah. And and you are anytime you're ready to listen, he's speaking. Yeah. Crack <laughs> so, open that word. Yeah. Yeah. So um okay, so maybe you guys will have um some thoughts on that. Yes, and, and please y'all can
0: tell us your thoughts. Let us know. we we'd love to hear different opinions. We do like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. so what's what's the next one? What's the next trend?
1: The next trend to end in 2023 is believing bloodline sin. Yes, is that how you want to say yeah, it, Alice? Yeah,
0: we'll we'll say it that way. So let's let's explain bloodline sin. Okay. So, um, Carrie sent me an Instagram post one day about <laughs> always. Yeah, I get like four a day normally. It's a, it's a great time, but it was this woman. Mm -hmm. who calls herself a pastor which Mm -hmm. is the first obviously for me that was the first red flag Um, she's on a podcast with her husband who is also labels himself Mm -hmm. as a pastor so they are a pastoring couple yes Um, and she explained that there's this thing called bloodline sins so how she described it from my understanding of the video Mm -hmm. is that your grandmother or grandfather had the struggle of sin with Let's say stealing. Let's do something that's very noticeable. So your grandfather had a problem with stealing. So when he had his son, which is your father, his sin and his struggle with stealing was then partially passed Passed. on to your father. So your father now has the struggle of stealing. Mm -hmm. And when you were born, you also got that as well. So the sin passes through Through the the bloodline and then... It continues, I guess, until it's someone stops it or something. <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't a clear like, no, there wasn't definition a clear, of if there was an endpoint or not or how it ended right, or if you could end it. It was just kind of perpetuated.
1: Like, it continues to yeah, be perpetuated through generations. Yeah. And then she didn't and then really, she did clear yeah, up on how to end
0: it. She didn't really say that there was a way to end it. So I guess it just goes on until Christ comes back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was... Yeah. So that was strange.
1: Th- so the reason I sent that video to Ellis is because of the engagement that it got. Yes.
0: It had... Massive engagement. It
1: had uh, tens, tens of, of thousands of, likes. of yeah. likes. Hundreds
0: of comments. So people yeah.
1: affirming the video mm-hmm. and then just comment after comment after comment. And so that was the reason I sent it to him because my question to him was, hey, are you know?" Do y'all think this is a thing? Yeah. Does your age group think this is a thing?
0: Which I had never heard of it before then. So I just, I was like, no, I don't know what that is.
1: So we, of course, talked about it a little bit later. Oh, yeah. And we'll share that conversation with (laughs) y'all now. That we, that, you know, when we got together to talk about it, I said, you know, Ellis, what are your thoughts about that theory?
0: Yeah. And I said... There's no way it can be true for, for a multitude of different reasons. Before, for me, before I go to, to scripture Mm -hmm. to give a scriptural background, um, I'll take the stance of a biological background. So a scientific background, right? You have nature versus nurture. Sure. So nature is how you are born. That's how you like, that's how you live. Like that's how, when you come into this world, you have characteristics characteristics of your parents. Yes. And that is nature, it's right? It's the way it is. And then there's nurture, which is how you're raised, right? Training. So that's where, that's where the difference comes in between someone who like is raised by their parents or someone who's adopted, right? Okay. They're going to have a different nature than their adopted parents, right? right? But they are going to have a nurture from their adopted parents. For sure. So there's a difference there between nature, which is how you are born and how you come out of the womb mm-hmm. and how you're raised. And both of those play a factor in how you act, think, talk, and react. Yeah, and do everything that has to do with life. So a bloodline sin would have to go into the nature category, which is which is very hard to grasp from a biological standpoint because most people aren't going to naturally act and react like their parents just because of their genes. Right. You're going to have the oh, physical you, characteristics, yeah. but the conscience. You're saying and the, you act like sub- your
1: parents because you're with them. Because you're the with time. them. because <laughs> you're
0: Yes, because of yeah. your nurture, right. you will act and react like your parents because that's how you were raised. Right. If you take an adopted child and you put him next or her next to their biological mother or father, they will not act like them because right. they have not been around them to be raised like them so the bloodline sin in a biological standpoint does not make sense Hmm. so so then we have to turn to scripture right? right so is there scripture that backs this up in my opinion absolutely not because you take the teachings of jesus he heals many lame blind paralyzed people right yes and constantly jesus is asked what did this man's parents do yep. that he would be like this? Yep. Right. Yep. And what's his common response?
1: Let me read it. If this is uh this is John chapter nine. We always want to point y'all to scripture. So John chapter nine, it opens up and it says, As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he would be born blind? They are asking that very question. Yeah. So they're saying the sin of the parents is passed to this man.
0: And his consequence and is being his blind. his
1: is being blind. So in verse 3, Jesus answers, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him.
0: Boom. So <laughs> bloodline sins, I'm going to throw them in the same category as this story, Right. This man is blind, and people look at him and think, Oh, his parents sinned, so it was passed down into him, and so he was blind, right? Jesus says, absolutely not, but rather he was like this so that the works of God may be shown and glorified, Right. right? So it's the same with the bloodline sins. Your sin cannot be passed down to me, and it cannot affect me or my life, right? Because... We are two separate souls and separate beings. Even though I'm born into sin because that's how everyone is, you cannot pass your sin to me because that's your sin. I have my own sin and my own struggles, and you have your own sin and your own struggles. So the passing of sin, that can't happen.
1: So even though Jesus covers all sin, It's also individual. Yes. So I have to repent from my sin. Yes. And receive redemption. Yes. And Ellis has to do the same for himself. Yes. And his sin. Yes. So let's talk about, so we talked about John chapter nine. Y'all go read that because that's an excellent um, point about what Ellis was talking about biologically. But let's talk about the nurture side of it. Yeah. And we're going to go... All the way back to Genesis, chapter three. Yeah, so so this is cool. Y'all are gonna love. Yeah, this. so
0: you go all the way back to Genesis. You go to the creation account. Man mm-hmm. is created. Woman is created. Yep. Then we have the first sin. Oh. right. So they eat the fruit. Right. <laughs> <They eat>. Disobedience. <laughs> yeah. And what's the first sin? Adam goes. She did it. She did it. Not me. She did it. They run right? from
1: God. You guys go read it. It's Genesis chapter three. They hide from God. Yeah. And the very first encounter after the sin. Adam just Adam says, blames dude she did it
0: he's like why'd you give me this woman she, if she's gonna she do this She ate right? the
1: apple and then she gave yeah. it to me
0: yeah so, so the first sin we see is blaming
1: is the first sin we see is that we are do not acknowledge our own sin yeah. and we place the blame
0: on, on something
1: someone or someone else yeah
0: so then there's there's our sin there's our first sin so bloodline theory. Cain and Abel are going to be terrible blamers. blamers. They're, <laughs> they're going gonna be to be shifters, yeah. They're going to be blaming everyone yeah. for their own actions. They're going
1: to take zero responsibility.
0: But rather, what's the next sin? Murder. murder, right? And then, so okay, so we'll we'll just bypass the murder, right? We'll just look over that, y'all know that. And we'll story. say, and we'll say, all right, you know, he's going to blame someone else for it because that's his bloodline sin. And God goes, "Where's your brother?" And he looks at him and goes. I don't know. (laughs) Why am I supposed to know? Like, he's my brother. That's that's not me. I'm not his keeper, right? So there's no blaming there. Right. He doesn't say, oh, someone else killed him. Yeah, Like, I didn't kill him. He just goes, I don't know. I don't
1: know. And for those of you out there who... I love this group of people that you're going to message us and say, well, he didn't blame anyone because there was no one else to blame.
0: Oh, there was plenty of, because it was only
1: Adam, Eve, Cain and Abel at that point. Well, I'm just playing. I'm just saying, for instance, so, so for all of you, I'm going to go, I can even go with that because the very next sin we see after the murder in scripture is pride, pride and idolatry. The, the, very next thing if you'll go to scripture you'll you'll read all these men who are descendants of Cain yeah it lists them and tells their accomplishments yeah that's the very next thing and so then we have the tower of babel right they build a city for themselves yep pride and idolatry so if you're going with the bloodline theory they should at least be killing each other
0: Yeah, and they're not
1: well I mean a couple of them do. But
0: for the most part they're not But everyone should. If you're going with the bloodline each other. If you're going with
1: the everyone should. Yeah. Everyone should be blaming and killing. Yeah. And that's not exactly what everyone Mm -mm. does. Mm -mm. So just some more things to think about. And here's the reason that we're talking about this, y'all. Because that video got thirty thousand
0: traction. Likes. Yeah. And Crazy.
1: so, so we, we, well, we want y'all to know your parents might be messed up. I, you know, I don't know. All parents, I guess, are messed up. Mm-hmm. Just don't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't look for a scapegoat for your behavior in your parents. Yeah. Look to Jesus and just say, look, I got some stuff that you need to clean up, Jesus. And we yeah. got to, we got to wor- work. And that's,
0: and that's another problem with this is that you can't take responsibility for your own actions because you're placing right. the responsibility on someone else. Yes. And that and and realistically, if you're actually going to think this way, there's never going to be responsibility taken. Right. Because it's just going to constantly go up the line. Constantly
1: go up the line. Until you get yes. to Adam. Yeah.
0: And and that's only going to be reasonable and acceptable if you think about this theology is if your quote unquote bloodline sin is blaming. Right. So if it's not blaming, (laughs) you can't trace it back to Adam. So somebody's got to take responsibility. Right. Which won't happen because you'll just say, Oh, it was just, you know, it's my dad or it was his dad.
1: And listen, we all have traits from our parents that training that, that we do have propensity to some behavior. Yes. We all have that. Listen, just call it what it is. If it's sin, call it sin. Yeah. Repent and you know, move on. But, I, that, I mean,
0: but that would be nurture. Right. That would be a byproduct of being raised by somebody. Sure. It's not, it's not a bloodline thing. I know. It's just I just want to make sure it's it's clear that right. we're not saying Oh, bloodline sins aren't real, but you're going to pick up traits from your parents that, that could or could not be sin. Okay. That's they're, it's two completely different things. The bloodline yeah. sin is something that would be deemed like genetics. But what we are talking about is something that would be deemed like a byproduct of being raised by somebody. So it would be a nurture thing, not a nature thing. So let us know what you think mm-hmm. about that trend. Yeah. And if you have any opinions, let us and know.
1: That trend, to me, is frightening because it is leaning toward shifting responsibility Yes, for your own sin, Yes, which is one of the most important things in repentance. You have to recognize that you're a sinner yeah. and that you're sinning.
0: You can't recognize that your mom's a sinner. Exactly. Because that doesn't do anything Thanks. for you. That doesn't do anything for you. Right. Oh, it does nothing. And it doesn't do anything for your mom either. <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay, we need to move on from All that. All right, okay. what's, what's the next one? What's the next okay, little trend? So another trend to end, this is like probably my favorite. Okay. So it is cutting people out of your life. I love this one. So, so <laughs> I see these... Christ so-called Christian influencers, I hate that term, but I see these Christian influencers on social media that they post how much they love God and God's people. Mm-hmm. I'm just a lover of God and God's people. And then their post on January 1 is I mean, some people are not coming into
0: 2023 with me. No,
1: they're not. They're they're I'm cutting them loose.
0: Leaving them behind.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do some um,
0: Mass exodus I'm gonna, of my Instagram. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna cut these people out, and they're talking about people in their actual circle. Yeah, in their yeah, like sphere. Instagram, y'all, is not Instagram is not a community. No. I just let me it's just not say that really quickly. But so they're actually talking about in their real lives that they are going to sever yeah these relationships, and then the reason i love the reason the reason is always this well i'm just going to put up some boundaries yeah i'm going to put up some boundaries to protect my mental health mm-hmm. and i'm i'm just i've got to cut some people off y'all i think that is the worst thing for a christian to say or do, yep, I, I think it's terrible, and there are so many reasons. The first reason I just want y'all to think about this, you might be the person that someone is cutting out yeah we we all are yeah y- you for have sure. to know that none of us are perfect, none of us uh, navigate relationships perfectly, none of us react perfectly all the time. And so, as you're reading that post and you're thinking, "Well, yeah, I think I need to cut some people out too." Just remember, you might be a person that's getting yeah. <laughs> that's getting the axe. Yeah. And so, when you think about it like that, it kind of puts a different perspective on it. And I also want y'all to think about this. Jesus did not Use boundaries. And I'm going to say that I I know that a lot of people who have a lot more influence than I do say that, you know, he, that the very first boundary we see is in the garden because he put them out of the garden, Adam and Eve, and that was a boundary. That is not a boundary. Mm -mm. That was there for their protection. Yeah. He put them out of the garden so they would not live forever in their sinful state. Yep. So the correct use of a boundary, if you are a Christ follower, is for the safety and protection of the other person. Yeah. I want y'all to hear me clearly. If you're a Christian and you are using boundaries to protect yourself.
0: Those aren't boundaries.
1: Something is wrong. That That is not right. And let's talk about why. Ellis, I'm sorry. I kind of hijacked that whole thing but let's talk about that for a second
0: the boundaries or the cutting people
1: it's kind of one and the same
0: okay so i'll i'll take the stance of of the cutting people out so let's just look at our perfect example in scripture let's go just straight to jesus jesus okay um so he had many disciples and he had 12 apostles Right, we're going to use those two separate words so we don't get confused. Okay. He had many disciples, which a disciple is just someone who follows or listens to teaching. Right. Right. So he had many disciples, but he had twelve apostles, which are those directly taught by Christ. Yes. Okay. Let's think about the twelve. Right. (laughs) Um, Let's just go over the highlights: Peter, James, John, Matthew, Judas. We'll just go with those five. Just go. Yeah. Pick the top. We have. We have the, the five that are probably most known by everybody. Um, Peter, let's describe his <laughs> oh characteristics. <my> <laughs> um, energetic. Oh. Loud mouth. Very impulsive.
1: Oh, he interrupted? Yeah. All the time. Blurted out things before he yeah. even thought about what he was going to say. Probably
0: the most annoying of the 12. Definitely. If, if you had to, to pick one. Probably it was going to be Peter.
1: You know... That he was a person who was in a great mood one day.
0: And then pissed off the next.
1: Maybe. I mean, we see it. Or
0: within the hour.
1: We, yeah. <laughs> For sure.
0: I mean, he's good with Jesus and then he chops some guy's the ear definitely. off. Definitely. Like it's gone. <laughs> like yeah. like he's he's flipping a switch. For sure. Yeah. So there's Peter. Um, we'll put James and John together because they were they were brothers. Yeah. Um, probably had very similar characteristic probably. traits. Um if we Take what we know from scripture, right? John's very reserved, very probably quiet, observant. thinks a lot. Yeah, um, apparently he's a fast runner um, <laughs> for his age. <laughs> yeah, for his age, he's, he's older, a fast older guy, faster than Peter, though. Yeah, we'll give him that,
1: but older than yeah. the others.
0: Yeah, so probably a little more mature, bites his tongue when he needs to, right? Speaks after he's thought, yeah, like very soaks things in, right? Um, then we have Matthew. Um,
1: Oh, but go back to John for a second. Back to John. You know, let's just talk about that for a minute because all those characteristics sound wonderful. Yeah. He was also the disciple that said Jesus loved him
0: the most. The most. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So slightly arrogant. Maybe a little. I'm just saying. Yeah. Maybe a little bit.
0: Yeah. So then we go to Matthew. Oh. Tax collector. Probably hated by all the 12 yep. because of who he was and what he did.
1: Well, they were probably a little bit sus.
0: Yeah. They're like, why is this guy here? Why is he here? I mean, he's a Jew that works for Rome, takes our money. Yeah. Like, what is he doing? What's
1: he doing? Is he trying and, to undermine the whole yeah, thing? Like,
0: what is Jesus thinking? Yes. Like, this is stupid. Guy he's needs not, to go. He
1: does not fit the profile. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so so you have that guy. Uh-huh. And then we'll just go straight to Judas. We oh, all know about Judas. Yeah. Right? No need No No intro for him, right? We know about Judas. But you take those five, not even the other seven, just those five alone, and you hit quite possibly every characteristic trait that friends, humans, and... Can possess. uh, uh, Yeah, like anyone that can possess... You have every aspect, extrovert, introvert, introvert. sus dude, and traitor, yeah. right? You got all of them. <laughs> Liar. All of them. Yeah. Liar, and yeah. Then, and then you could throw James in as a wild card, yeah. right? We're just going to assume that he's like John, but he could Maybe. be very different, right? Wild yeah. card. So you have every aspect in just those five, Yes. and you have to think, at some point, if you were Jesus with just those five, you want to cut one of those off.
1: Oh, you if Jesus was a, a simple man, if he was yeah. just simply If he was human, not God. You know that he would, on a daily basis, say, y- y'all are on, on my, my nerves. nerves. Please, I have told please. you the same yeah. thing 50 times. Yeah. You're not hearing me. You're not getting it. You're always late. You're always interrupting. Yeah. You're always somewhere else because you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all have got to look at that picture because instead of cutting them out what did Jesus say to them build my church yeah he said y'all be so united in love yeah. for me and with one another that you build the global church yeah. and they did yeah they did that's what's so powerful yeah.
0: and and on that point like you you say Jesus looks at them and says build my church mm-hmm. right be so unified. Yes. I've I've been spending this last couple of weeks talking with some people in a different religion, sure. right? And they say, you know, when Paul talks about this and Jesus talks about this of the church being one, they view that as everyone having the same purpose. Right? And they yeah. they take that same view into the trinity, right? Where there's three completely separate people, being God, Jesus, and the oh, Holy Spirit, okay. having one com- one same purpose, and okay. that's why they say they're three in one, Okay, right? So that's the mental image that you're having right now from another religion. My argument would be is that that is a completely earthly viewpoint, Yeah. but rather Christ is saying to us, be so unified that from a heavenly standpoint, you look and you feel and you act like one singular person. Oh yeah. So so Christ is looking at all of these people that hit every aspect of the human character. Yes. And he's saying, be completely and utterly one person.
1: Yeah. Right. Man, that's good. But
0: yet if we cut off Peter. What? we're missing we're missing the energetic <laughs> person that's going to blurt out some random idea that yes, might be amazing right it might be amazing we're, we're we're cutting off people that Christ and God have specifically placed in our life to glorify him and, and and to do something else to do what
1: he has placed those people specifically in our lives to glorify himself and to grow, grow us,
0: us which in turn grows the church, church, right? So there's always something further yes. that we are going to reach if we would not only number one trust God but dive into scripture like it's not if you look at Jesus the person that everyone wants to look at when they open scripture right. there's no cutting off, right? No. There's there's only a deeper intimate connection that he gains from his 12, right? right? There's never a point where he's like, okay, you're out. Guys, I need a month break. <laughs> like, like, no. He's like, where oh. like he's like, why are y'all lagging behind me? Like, catch up. What the frick are y'all doing? Right. There's never a moment where he's like, Okay, I need a break from you guys because you're getting on my nerves.
1: And for my mental health, yeah. I just I just need to be away from yeah. you.
0: Yeah. No. He's always like, Where are you? Like, why are you not by my side right now? Wow, yes. So so the cutting off doesn't make sense in that aspect.
1: It doesn't, and it just doesn't for your own sanctification yeah. and growth. Yeah. You have to understand that exactly what Ella said. God brings specific people into our path to grow all mm-hmm. of us, to grow us. So the person who is you know, testing your patience or getting on your nerves or whatever you want to say you need to change your perspective as a christian and say what area in my life needs growth yeah. so that i can love this person yeah be more unified with him or her in the glorification of christ and the church
0: no that's 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 it that's right because these people are placed into our lives to either, number one, teach us something that we need to grow in. Right. Or number two, allow us to love like Christ. Yes. Right. So everyone wants to talk about love. Here's our example, right? Yeah. Christ had so many different people in and his, his inner sphere uh-huh. that it showed the magnitude of love that he had. Yep. That he could not only keep up with all 12, love all 12, show mercy to all 12, and correct, correct all 12. Them. yeah. All at the same time without saying, I need a break. (laughs) Like, like that's the biggest thing is that he never said, I need a break. Right. He always was like, where are you? Like, even in the garden when he went and prayed by himself, right? He comes back and what is, and what does he say? Why Why are are you asleep? asleep? Like, look at the opportunity that you have right now and you're sleeping. He didn't say, Oh, they're asleep. Like, this is my time to take a break. No. <laughs> he was like, wake the frick up. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You yeah. know? So, like, the, the cutting off, the taking breaks from people, like, the setting the quote-unquote boundaries. boundaries that you need Ugh. for your mental health is just not scriptural.
1: Well, and here's the thing. So, tons of people talk about boundaries, y'all, and this, is, this falls under that category. People, you know, cutting people out of their life because... I just have to put up a boundary. It's just best for my mental health or my well-being. Okay, if you do that, you have to be real about why you're doing it. Yeah, You have to get honest with yourself and say, I am not strong enough or I have not grown in this area enough to love this person the way that Christ would.
0: And being honest with yourself in that aspect opens the door for you to be honest with the person you are quote unquote cutting off or setting boundaries oh, with. Oh, wow. Because if I'm honest with myself and I say I'm not strong enough to, to interact to interact with this person and to quote unquote deal with them yeah. because it's hurting my mental health, I sh- at that point I have now the open door to message that person, get lunch with that person, get coffee with them and say, listen, I love you. But for your protection, I need to set up a boundary because I don't want to hurt you because I'm not strong enough, right? So there there comes the right. humility yeah. to say, I am not strong enough and I don't want to hurt you or to cause a stumbling block in your walk of sanctification yep. that I have to cut it off right? because I'm not strong enough and I value you and I love you yeah. and I... I want to be a humble servant of Christ that I have to cut it off for your sake. Not for mine, but for yours. Yeah,
1: just remember, like I said, the boundary that would be God-like or that would show Jesus to someone is for someone else's protection. Yes, It is not for my protection because you know, the gospel is, is my life for yours. Mm-hmm. My, my life is not as important as yours. That's the gospel message. And so we, we just have to remember that. And we have to be honest when, when we come to this place in relationships. And that's why it just pains me when I see these people who put this stuff on social media, that one post is, Oh, I just love God and his children. And the mm-hmm. next post is, I um, mean, I'm cutting all these people out of my life yeah. because <laughs> I just can't handle it. Yeah. So let me um, take you to some scripture just really quick on this point, because I always want to point you guys to scripture. It's Second Samuel chapter 16. You just got to read that whole chapter, y'all. It's about David. David is, well, there's a lot that goes on in David's life. We, w- we would have to just study the whole thing, but... This guy in chapter 16 of 2 Samuel is yelling at David. He's actually cursing at him, okay? He's on his horse. He's riding beside him, and he's just he's just cursing at him. He's like yelling at him. And so the person with King David, he says, hey, let me just kill this guy. You're the king. Nobody's yeah. going to talk to you that way. What a way to cut somebody no one, off. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to talk to you that way. That should make you feel uncomfortable, and you're just, you know, we're going to cut him out. And listen to what David says. David says, if he curses and if the Lord has told him, curse David, then who shall say, why have you done so? David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, my son who came out from me seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse.
0: Yeah.
1: David says, "Don't, don't do anything. Because what if the Lord has sent him here to curse me, for for me to learn something and to grow? Yeah, David says, just let him alone. Like, really, y'all? And we want to cut somebody out of our life because they're always late for coffee, yeah. or because I don't know they
0: they call us too much. They
1: call us. They're an excessive texter. Yeah. I, I mean, it just what? just it's pointless. Yeah. So be careful. Just be be wary of. Those Christian influencers who, you know, we kind of think to ourselves, "Well, if they can do it, I can, I can do, do it,", it yeah. and that's just not always the case. No. So, okay, or one more.
0: All right, one more, one more, one this more. One more. This one's a good one. This one's a good one. In twenty twenty
1: three. Okay,
0: you want me to say it, or you say it? <laughs> you say I it. I love this one. <laughs> okay, here's the trend. It's okay because I'm being celibate.
1: There it is. There it is. The big word. Yes. Yes. Celibacy. Celibacy. So so Ellis and I have um, come across this just in the past few months um, that we've uh, interacted with some people and heard about some people um, through different friends that struggle with sexual sin. Yeah. Don't think you're alone. If you're struggling with sexual sin, you're not. And the answer that they always give is... But I'm celibate. I'm celibate, so, so it's, it's okay. So it's okay. So we just wanted to address that um, really quick because we have some thoughts, yeah, about it.
0: So I'll start off with the teachings of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And he says, if you look at a woman with lustful intent, yeah, you have already slept with her, yeah. right? So. He's bypassing the whole celibacy thing and the physical act. Yeah, right? the whole physical act. And he's going straight to the mental. Yeah. Right. So if you struggle with lustful desires, um, concerning same sex, opposite sex, anything, whatever, sexual sin, sexual yeah. sin whatsoever, like that is lust. Sure. So Christ is saying, your thoughts of lust. Yeah. Are just as bad as doing it in a physical in sense. In a physical sense. Right. So if you have lustful thoughts but you are quote unquote celibate, celibate it doesn't matter. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter.
1: Well, so so our point here is that there's a problem with thinking that celibacy is addressing
0: yes the problem the which is not
1: actual problem of yeah, sexual which is not sexual the problem, sin.
0: Which goes into almost all the way back to the bloodline sins, it's just another excuse. Oh. Right? I can look at this person yeah. with lust, but it's okay because I'm celibate.
1: Oh, yeah. So I'm not
0: partaking in any sort oh. of sexual activity. Right. Right? Even even good God-glorifying sexual activity, I'm not doing any of it. What is good God glorifying in marriage <laughs> within within the confines of marriage, right? So right. so there is there is sexual activity that is yeah. God glorifying. If you are right? married, if you are married, married, married. <laughs> so so the celibacy aspect is that I'm not partaking in any of it, right? So I can lust. That's exactly. that's what that's what I'm picking up is that. Or I, I can allow my mind can, to wander. I can allow my mind to wander and yes. to lust and to feed my that, flesh uh, yeah. because I'm not partaking in any of it, right? Yes. And, and that is using the, the scriptural aspect of God calling certain people to never be married, uh-huh. right? So those people are celibate, yes. right? But in my opinion, those people don't struggle with lustful desires, right? Because it takes... They don't. They don't have a constant struggle with lustful right. desire, right? Everyone's probably going to have a yeah a, a period of time where they struggle with yeah. lustful desires, but the people that God calls to celibacy specifically calls to celibacy, yeah. they do not have a habitual right. struggle with a lustful desire, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Well, so,
1: because they are, contr- they're working on their. They mind. are working on their mind. They're yes. taking every exactly. thought captive because exactly. they know that. The celibacy alone does nothing. No. It, it it does nothing. It absolves you of nothing. Yeah. So because scripture says it starts in your mind. Yes. And in your heart. Yeah. So what, what you had said earlier was really good about the celibacy maybe even yeah. perpetuating so it, yeah. the problem. So the,
0: so the idea of... A God given gift of being celibate, right? And using that as an excuse for your lustful desires Mm -hmm. and habits almost in a sense fuels it. Yeah. Because you can say, it's fine, I'm celibate. So rather than, and this is going to sound terrible, but this is the way my mind thinks, rather than partaking in something that Uh could temporarily fix fix it, right? Temporary, quote unquote, fix it, right? You are rather fueling it by Mm. never getting some sort of fleshly desire, right? Right. So you're not getting the the fleshly physical gratification that comes from a lustful desire and intent. So rather than that happening your mind is now fixed oh, it's just on the, the lustful desires and yes. the lustful thoughts. Yes. So you're now fueling it by becoming celibate.
1: Or by, or by celebrating. Ce- celebrating
0: that you are celibate, yes. right? So you're using the the celebration of, oh, I'm celibate, like God has gifted me with celibacy, right? Yeah. You're using that as a card to play mm. that inten- like unintentionally fuels your lustful desire that you have
1: man yeah that's good and just something else to think about because ellis all that is so good but something else to think about is the fact that you would say or you would admit okay i'm struggling with sexual sin Mm -hmm. be it pornography lust homosexual heterosexual it doesn't matter yeah and then you say, Well, but I'm celibate. Okay. So celibacy for a single man or woman is just the standard requirement.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's
1: not it's not something You're to not be born married. Exactly. So. It's not something that we should say, Oh my oh my oh goodness, my gosh. you are? <claps> Wonderful. Okay, yeah. great. Because if I'm looking at a young man, or a young woman who's not married, I assume... They're celibate. That he or she is celibate. Yeah. If they're chasing Christ and, yeah. you know, growing in their faith walk. Because that is the...
0: You come out of the womb celibate.
1: Yeah, that's the standard yeah. requirement. So it's not like you're doing anything over and above by it's saying... It's like you're doing the baseline. You're just doing the basics. Yeah. Yeah, you're just there. So... um, we just think this is something that we've been seeing an increase. Yes, in. especially in
0: the, in the in the past year. Yes, it's spiked tremendously. Yeah,
1: with people being very open about um, their sexual sin or their struggle with sexual sin, and then covering that with
0: their yeah. declaration
1: of celibacy. Yeah. Um. So we just want to think about. We want you guys to think about too. Um just the fact that we, we got to get past that and we mm-hmm. have to go to, hey, but what about your thought life? Yeah. You know, uh, Philippians, is it Philippians 4? Yeah, Philippians 4. 8. I'll
0: go ahead and read it. Uh, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Things right, right, and if you encapsulate all of these into one singular body, it is Jesus, Jesus right? So, because so, the verse
1: says anything that is praiseworthy, praise, which the, the only, only thing, thing
0: praiseworthy is Christ, absolutely. right? Absolutely, so you have this huge like blanket of things, right? That you that Paul says you should be thinking, thinking on, on constantly, right. right? And that because thing,
1: that is the anecdote for the lustful thoughts.
0: Yes, if you can constantly think on these things, personified is is Christ, right? right? So if you personify all of these things that Paul says that you should be constantly thinking on, you should be thinking of Christ 24-7, then there's no room for lust. Yeah, It's only Christ. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then you can... Evaluate yourself and your thoughts. Yeah. And you may not even have to make a declaration of celibacy. Yeah. Because you are growing in the area of struggle with your sexual (laughs) sin. So, when you replace those things. Yeah. When you replace the lustful thoughts with anything that is praiseworthy, which is just Jesus. Yeah. Then you might not even have to make a declaration of celibacy. No. Because your, your thought life yeah. is getting sanctified. For sure. Actually. So, so then you wouldn't have to say, oh, okay, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm celibate. I'm celibate. <laughs>
0: yeah. That would never come out of your mouth.
1: And I hope, I hope that if you're not married, that you don't have to go around... Telling people saying that you're yeah. celibate. I hope that your circle of friends and your accountability group and and those closest to you in your life, they already know that. Yeah. Hopefully. So okay. Is a long one. Is a long one, but Sorry, it's a it's a good one. So good. It's a good one. It was a good one. You guys, uh, if you have any other trends that should end in twenty twenty three, let us know. Yeah,
0: because we I would love to do another one of these. Yeah, me too. So and,
1: fun. Um, you guys, please share the podcast with your friends. Uh, maybe you can spark a good discussion, and uh, we would love to know your thoughts as well.
0: For sure, uh, hit us up on Instagram at Unpopular Truth Podcast. Or on our website, www.unpopulartruthpodcast.com. .com. We will see you guys next time.